Yes, yeah, big and grand. Yes, we're going. Well, oh. I don't do big and grand, so. I mean, I knew that we were going in the auditorium. I didn't think that we were going to be doing your walk. Oh. This is. Oh, look at that. It's my first time in the Albert Hall this year. Oh, oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. You too. Me too. Uh, as conductor, you've been here before, though, haven't you? Yes, but as an assistant. Right. So, so and in the audience. Gig. This is your gig. I know it's my turn. <laughs> 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 Didn't expect you to react that way. That's nice. Uh, so you're excited then? You can yeah, tell. Yeah, you're gonna, <laughs> yeah this is I'm audio. <laughs> pack it in a box now. Like, uh, you know. So you are excited. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good start. Uh, where should we go? Where would you like to pick your seat in um, the auditorium? You're listening to the Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast, a conversation between audience and artists intended to demystify the classical music and opera art form. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. It's available via Spotify and Audioboom. That way, you'll hear about the latest podcasts as they become available. Be sure to follow Thoroughly Good on Twitter or on Facebook, and you'll find the blog at thoroughlygood.me. Hello, I'm at the Royal Albert Hall for a day of interviews, meetings, and for the first time this prom season, an actual concert. It's been a full-on day, and a rare opportunity to see the Royal Albert Hall from a customer's perspective before the queues start forming for the evening concert. The top line, it's essentially a cafe with the opportunity to tour a building. I have drunk quite a lot of chamomile tea today, that has to be said. The first interview of two recorded here then was with conductor Ellen Chan, who makes her proms debut with the BBC National Orchestra of Wales in a programme of Mendelssohn, Mussorgsky, Elgar and a new work by composer Erin Wallen. You'll have already worked out that her appearance here in this concert is incredibly exciting for her, matched, I think, by the thrill I experienced walking onto stage with her into a nearly empty auditorium. Empty auditoriums are a glorious treat, I think, for us introverts. Ellen and I met ostensibly to discuss the agency that represents her, Harrison Parrot, which celebrates its 50th anniversary later this year. In the podcast, Ellen explains how an agent unexpectedly helped her in the first stages of her career after winning the Donatella Flick competition in 2014. And I managed, I'm not entirely clear why or how, to get the name of that agency wrong. But let's overlook that. Uh, we also covered the experiences she had working with Valery Gergiev and the experience as a conductor stepping onto stage. And I think I managed to slightly unnerve her when I explained how difficult I had found it to get a ticket for the concert she's conducting. This podcast was recorded on Thursday the 15th of August. Obviously you've been here before. Mm-hmm. Where would you normally go? Have you been sitting in the stalls? Have you been in the arena? Where have you been? Uh-huh. So I've been actually all the way up to the, I think, the balcony seats where you can basically lie down like you are having a picnic. <laughs> yeah. Anonymous. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I have done that. Um, I've also sat in one of these seats um, for actually an LSO high tank prom mm. some years ago, Mala 3. Um, at the time, I was assistant to the LSO, so I was helping, you know, maestro. And then after that, I could then enjoy it. So that was quite something. Um, actually, I think I, the, my first, the first prom I've ever attended 
was the BBC Now and Shenzhen. They did a crazy Chinese piece, Chen Qigang. Um, it was like basically there are three Chinese instruments in the front. There are soloists and and also two singers. One is the Chinese opera Peking opera singer, and then the other one is you know a normal. Actually, two other singers, and then they're you know normal singers as we know. And that piece was like bonkers, but so beautiful. Um, yeah, I think that was my first sort of prom experience. So I've been here a few times. Yeah. What is the experience for you walking into this hall? Just now, I try. I tried not to have tears already, because it's just it's 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 how many magical, grand, you know, breathtaking performances have happened here, and then you know to coming in, it's just just this ambience. You know, it, it has so many things have happened here. You know, great things and. The, the energy of the audience. Somehow, like just now when we're walking, in, I could feel it, you know, in the air. There's certain, like this sort of, what is going to happen tonight? You know. So, it's it, not it, an intimidating space, is it? No. Even though it's so grand and it's so enveloping and 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 quite um, ornate in a way, mm-hmm. it's not. I'm surprised that it's not intimidating. No, it's just this sort of expectation, something magical. I I I could. F- yeah, I think I picked that up in more than I got intimidated. Like, oh no, no. I think I would get that from like music for Ryan, like those maybe yes. maybe that kind yeah. of places. You would definitely feel like you're shaking already, like before you even walk in. Yeah, but no, this because I think this is a place where you bring in, you know, you have the nice boxes, but you have people just coming in in the arena. They will stand through the whole concert, but then they will not. They, I don't think they feel tired. You can, of course, you can sit down if you want, but then it's just a place where everyone no matter you know how rich you are or, or, or who are you you come in and enjoy something magical uh how are you feeling about the concert now right now i just can't wait to, to do it you know because we have we have now two days of rehearsals and you know we've taken things apart and then you know like legos you know you like try to put them together and make new things out of it i mean i'm very excited about the world premiere of um Erlen wallen's piece because um, so you have you know something like that, and then you have also the good old Mendelssohn Hebrides overture and you know the Mussorgsky pictures and exhibition. To Which sort of is a favorite of yours? I read somewhere. This yeah, is something that you of, really want to do. Yes, and so it, it to me, I mean, what can I ask for more? You know, to 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 have a favorite piece of mine, and also at the same time, we have a very exciting new thing. You know, it's going to come to life tonight for everyone so do you know it's sold out what did you not know that? I, I no. rang last night. here's the thing I'm really not winding you up <laughs> did you not know that <laughs> did, did comms not tell you <laughs> no I I, I, well, I oh, sort of like I ignore that <laughs> <laughs> I sort of ignore the, the oh I, I didn't want to to think about it because no matter oh. what I would do my best oh okay so, yes, so but actually now I'm I forced you to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I rang last night for returns. I was given short shrift by the box office. No, there are no returns. Uh, and I have booked my arena ticket, my gallery ticket, uh-huh. with a friend oh, this okay. morning before I came here, which is why I came here in a hurry, and which is why I'm sweating. Oh, it's okay. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Thank I'm <you>. very <laughs> honoured <laughs> to, to you out. And Does that make a difference? As a, yeah. as a conductor? Yes. I mean, for me, for the orchestra, for the soloist... For the composer, I think it's a big difference. What change does that bring about in performance for you? I definitely give more. I think it's the same for all performers. When you see, when you go, you know, inside a hall, 
you see sort of half full scattered patches of people it definitely affects your your motivation and because you work so hard to make something perfect you, you know it's like you cook a meal right? a chef yeah? and you go you bring this you know thing that you've you've put in your blood your sweat your i don't know everything tears and you go outside and no one is ordering it it's such a letdown so when you when you know that it's sold out you go out you know that that energy everyone is like <gasps> like this this feeling i mean you you just like you know what i'm gonna give you my best i'm gonna pull out all my stops i'm gonna <clears throat> you know it's uh, tell me about walking out onto stage then so given all of that set up uh-huh. how do you um how do you prepare yourself you know what is the statement that you're saying when you walk out onto stage statement or are you just are you just looking at me sort of as much as say, well, I just walk out on stage, I never think about it. Because I'm sure conductors think about the way in which they walk on stage. They must do, surely. Yes. But usually, of course, it also depends what piece you're, you're doing. And so, for example, tonight with the Mendelssohn to start in the Hebrides, I, mean, I won't go a jolly, like, ha, 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 you know, because it, the, 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 I'm already trying to, to, to imagine, you know, I'm thinking of, a, probably a very grey, a bit stormy, you know, highlands, and and you know that sort of environment where Mendelssohn saw and was there when he you know got this inspiration to write the piece. So I was getting into that world already, but at the same time, you know, of course I couldn't help to to take in and you know from the audience that energy from them. But you know, I would say eighty to eighty-five percent of me is already in that world of Mendelssohn. So that once after you. You know, you acknowledge the audience for being that, and then that energy has to come out. So, uh, so has the piece already started for you when you're backstage? Yes, I'm already preparing that whole my whole being, my whole energy has to has to be in that place already. I feel like I'm really pumping you, Francis. But does that surely mean that <clears throat> the sight of the audience is a potential distraction, and your emotional reaction to the sight of them when you? when you first see them. You, do you see what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's about focus, isn't it, backstage? Yeah. It's focusing on the thing that I'm about to do. Yes. And there is surely a high potential, just as I expressed, <laughs> when we walked down the... Uh, walked on stage. It's like, oh, my God, I'm here. Yes. I mean, how do you, do you... Do you have a strategy for managing that, or is it just something that you just get used to? I think something I'm... I've Am gotten, I making I'm you gradually... more nervous? <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> especially, I mean, this is my first prom to walk on stage as a conductor. So I, I, I don't know. I think I would be surprised also myself tonight how, how that energy would be. But I'll try my best to, to, to keep that concentration because I can't completely go out and, then, and it's too late to, once you turn around and then try to go back to it. It's, it's not going to happen like that. Yeah. It's a terrifying prospect, actually. Yeah. I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Thanks. Yes, it is. Yeah, let's not yes. underline that. Uh, <laughs> tell me about the rehearsals that you've been doing over the past couple of days. Where have you been doing them? So we were in Cardiff for two days. Um, it's quite, quite a, I mean, two days of rehearsals, both days, three, three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon. So quite full-on days, actually. Yes. <clears throat> But also not a lot, if you if you think about it, to have four pieces on the program and one of them is a completely new piece, and you know, and the composer still you know can change things, you know, if if because just it's a new thing, and so certain things she can only realize to hear it when she hears the orchestra, 
So, you know, you're still fixing sort of things like that. And you presumably know. you're also having to get accustomed to a new work at the exactly. same time as the composer changing things. Yes, exactly. <gasps> yeah, and then of course you... How do you come to an interpretation together? Because, mm, yeah. yeah, because it's not like pictures or Mendelssohn that everyone knows. I mean, of course, then... But, but doesn't that also provide you with a certain freedom? Because yes. if nobody knows it, then actually... <laughs> oh, no, this is what we intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you have a great liberty to, to, to make something out of it and make it bold. Is because there, you have to make decisions. In, in those rehearsals with Erlen, are you sort mm-hmm. of... Are both of you seeking a consensus, do you think? Yes. And, of course, I mean, she, she's very friendly so passionate about the piece and so before even we we came to Cardiff and meet each other you know she she's been already emailing and I've been asking her questions and but of course certain things you can only really work together in person and with the orchestra there with the soloist um, and of course you know my whole I think one of the big biggest meaning of a conductor is that you know you, you serve the composer you try to you know in the end you put you know, the composer's will and wishes first. And then you... So so that is very important, and I'm glad that, no, Erlen is alive, then I can ask her things, you know? <laughs> How very fortunate. Yes. <laughs> and you would hope, given that it's a commission, that she would be, as <laughs> yes. opposed to it killing her off. Um, yes. Uh, the other question that strikes me is that if you are in a relatively new conductor, and this is a big deal, and you... Um, I'm making loads of assumptions here, that uh, it being a big deal, you want to make a big splash that if you have two days of rehearsals which consists of one new work, mm-hmm. that you might feel as though the familiar works that you want to make a big statement with or do something different with, you you don't have the luxury of rehearsal time mm-hmm. or sufficient rehearsal time in order to create your own statement. Am I, am I reading too much into that? Not true. Um, it's interesting because I... Well, like you said, I'm still a relatively new conductor, and I think, you know, in this business, I will be an aspiring conductor oh, until I'm really? 50. Is that is that yeah. how you're described? Oh, that makes my I mean, heart I mean, sink. it's not it's not just me. You know, you just read or an emerging conduct- conductor. Yeah, emerging. Oh, no. You're one of the yes. So until I'm I'm, I'm in my 50s, I will still yeah, be emerging. You will still be crawling out of your chrysalis until exactly. you're 55. Well, right. you have you know Blomstedt still conducting at 92 yeah. or 93. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm a baby. Very young. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the womb. So. Um, so talking about that, you know, the, the, the pieces I'm doing tonight, you know, I, I, I cannot say that I have conducted them now more than 10 times. So they're in a way still, in a way new. They're still fresh. And so I would say I'm, I'm looking at tonight's program. I mean, the Algar also is new to me, even though it's such a, you know, a, a stable um, repertoire, especially in, in the UK. You know, you can hear that a lot, but like for me, it's new. Um, and even the Mendelssohn and, and Wysorski, there's just, I try to definitely, you know, as a, as a young artist or as a new conductor, I mean, I think just, but I think whether we're old or new, um, or young, um, I want to approach every time looking at it as new, because once you try to go into things that, oh, and we know this is familiar, then immediately it, it, it passes you by and then it misses the meaning. So I try to, you know, do that as if this is also Ireland's piece. And I also told Ireland, you know, I would treat your piece like Mussorgsky. It's worth the same importance, the same weight, the same attention. Yeah, so it's... 
that's that's what I'm hoping to to get to tonight. Uh, is the is the terminology relatively new problematic for you? Have I used the wrong terminology there to describe you? None. Have I used the wrong terminology to describe you when I say relatively new? No. Is it an insult? I hope I haven't. I hope I haven't. No, been no, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm. I think. Well, I've been what? I I think the whole thing of me start actually like launch into the career was like 2014. The, like basically, since Donatella Flick, mm. um, LSO competition. But even since you know that, then I've I basically was working with the LSO. I was like, you know. Learning from them, I was the assistant, so I um, I didn't really have you know been in the public eye for a while. It's like I think basically it's maybe these two years when especially of course now we have a lot of um, light on women artists, mm. both you know conductors, composers. Um, so I think yeah, I've been sort of thankful for the for the wave of this you know gender um, equality, you was you may say that. You know, we we have gotten more opportunities than before. I've deliberately stayed clear of that question because my assumption is uh, that it's it's kind of the worst thing to say now. I mean, obviously, equality is yeah. very important, uh -huh. Uh -huh. but I think it's also the worst thing to say to somebody. Yeah. It's great that you're a woman conductor. Well, I'm a conductor. That's my yes. So I mean, so I think that it's. I'm, I'm hoping that the time has passed where we don't need to draw attention to that, but that might be a yeah. typically male thing to say. I say the same thing. Actually, I've, I've been saying that for a couple of interviews because it, it's, despite the, the, the wave, you know, I mean, I, I mean of course, I'm, I'm thankful for it because now we have opportunities mm. and, and now that people are, you know, eager to get to know me or, you know, people want to... to you know, I have, I have these opportunities now, but then I think I said also some, some like some time ago, and then I felt like we we're in a zoo, you know, and we're like this special, like rare species. Yes, you are. Yeah, and then we, we mustn't touch them. Yeah, exactly. And then you, you put it all together, and we're in a cage, and then everyone just like, oh my goodness, it's a woman. Oh, how do they work? Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, I'm like, no, just let me run free. Let me run, run like, you know, normal. Okay, so that is actually how, how interviews should be approached. That's useful <laughs> feedback. Thank you. <laughs> no. I'm glad that we checked that out. Uh, thank God I didn't ask that question. Um, am I right in thinking you're a Harrison Parrott artist? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, they are celebrating 50 years this year. Yes, is that right? They are. Uh, how important is Harrison Parrott as a, essentially a backer for you? How, how important to that? How important is that for the beginning of your career? or in your career? Very important. Um, what do they do? Tell us, for, for people like me, punters, what do agents do for you? Why are you laughing <laughs> in that way? <laughs> Is you know, that an implicit response? <laughs> well, I don't really know. They just take some of the fee. Well, that's part of it. That's part of it. I mean, they take fee for what they do. Um, but they, I, I will say... Well, first of all, I, I was very lucky to have an agent very soon after my competition because that that's not like sort of a, a mandatory thing or like an expected thing that would happen to a winner of a competition. Some winners have sort of fallen, you know, you, you sort of never hear from them again after one or two years. But so I'm glad that, you know, at the time, one of the jury members of the competition, she's in Harrison Park. Um, or she was. And then she... You know, talk to Jasper. Is that you should come and and Jasper see the final? Holt. Yes. Right. 
parrots actually Jasper parrot. Oh, sorry. Okay. And then, um, so he, you know, he took the advice of his artist at the time and came to the final. And I mean, and did I was very lucky. Before the final, that he was going to be there. No, no. Would it have made a difference if he did? No. Right. I, I would just do the same thing. Right answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really good. Really good. Yeah, I mean, really, at the time I thought, you know, I'm already the three finalists. At, and I just was enjoying myself. And then, you know, in the end, what, whatever the outcome was, I, I thought I already sort of made a victory of this experience. And then I would be happily go back to the States and finish my school. Like, that was really my, my thought. So at the end of it, you know, I met Jasper. And, of course, I was, I was surprised. But also, then, you know, he was very positive. And since then, he was watching my career for a few months. And actually, I also was... <laughs> I think he, he also got a little confused because I said... Actually, I'm going on the flight to uh, on the plane tomorrow and go back to the states. I need to, I have to finish school. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> returning to your sort of your exactly. everyday life. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And he was surprised about that. He was like, "Oh, because I'm like, I was like, yeah, what, BBC interview? What? No, I cannot take the interview. I, I, I'm <laughs> I've got going my studies. back. I've yes, got my exams. exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> he was like, "Oh, okay," because you know I thought maybe there would be meetings and stuff. And I, yeah, no, I, I'm gone. I'm gone. So he was like, oh, okay, well, then we shall keep in touch. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And like, to me, it was so... So you hadn't really tweaked. You no. hadn't really made the connection. I've won a competition and people may want to speak to me. Yeah, because it was, I think, <laughs> such a shock, you know. And, and, and I didn't... I, I mean, it, how could you have known what would have happened? I mean, I think that moment really have changed my life. Um, but over the, the the few months after that you know Jasper really was watching and you know asking me what so what what do you have now and i remember getting into invitations from certain orchestras you know directly into my email and i was very excited and once we sort of talked through the repertoire and then i said and then they asked me so who should we talk to then now to to do negotiations and i said um, <laughs> my <"Nay."> mother i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. yeah i don't know i don't have agents and then immediately these these others oh. just stopped talking to me. So that's when so I. So you didn't have, you didn't, you appeared to not have credibility because you didn't have an agent. The, that 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 definitely was the, yeah, the My biggest God. sort of sign, a flag that was you know waved waving because I was like, wow. So even because they can't negotiate directly with the artist. No, they didn't want to. Did you want to? Would you have done? You see, at the time I was just so innocent and so new to this, so I thought I, I would. I could, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I would yeah, as well. Thought, okay, tell me what the fee is. Exactly. Or I would just, you know, talk to my teacher at the time and then maybe ask, you know, is there maybe advice or maybe he could help me with it. I was just, you know, in my, I was in, in that world. I wouldn't know. But then that that told me something, you know, when when the orchestra just stopped talking to me, and then, and then there was a trip that I had to come to Europe again. Um, and I have to stop by London and then go to Lausanne to do a masterclass. And then that, that's when Jasper said, you know what, can we meet at Heathrow? I was like, okay. Wow, that's an important meeting. Yeah. We have to meet at an airport. <laughs> yes, because so, I have to fly, and then he has to fly. And I remember like, we nice. just had like we find those two hours just to make it happen. And that's when we decided, you know what, we will, let's just do this. Gosh. And was that exciting? I'm yes. projecting so much of my own feelings onto this interview. I'm sorry. Yes, um, but then at the time also I was I was excited, but I I also made sure I wanted to do it my terms in in a way that my my pacing. 
um, because I also told it was Jasper and at the time Jennifer Spencer who was still at Harrison Parrot, and in the end I started with her in Harrison Parrot, um, and I remember I made it very clear. I said, you know, I I don't I I don't want to ever to let this become something like, you know, I'm a product and you know they they just keep pushing and and then in the end I don't want to get a burnout, you know, within five years. I don't want to be end up in 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 certain situations where I knew it's too early and then you bomb yourself and you know and then you you will be you won't, won't be able to return to an orchestra in I don't know 10 years um what did you learn that where did you arrive at that conclusion or I think just who advised you about that <laughs> sorry that that's an awful thing to ask what I mean is is that that's that's a surprisingly knowing uh that's rather it's a surprisingly informed position mm-hmm. when going to an agent for the first time. So I'm wondering where you where you drew that sort of mm. informed position from. Does that make sense? Yes. Well, there was a year or so, right? Actually, around the competition, um, it was just personally a very tough year. I just went through a lot of personal darkness and just very very difficult things happened so through that whole time even for conducting and just music wise for me I I did a lot of reflection and one thing I came out from that whole sort of turmoil was that I I knew I have once I know myself or at least I I made those decisions about myself then then things will be better because the thing is if I'm not sure and then you sort of let yourself go into everything and in the end you lose more than gain you know um from 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 life i'll say from from whatever life is there to offer you um so from that experience that's when i so i i was so while i, I was excited i wanted to of course you know take this on and 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 let harrison parrot to um help me shape my career and of course i know that i need them you know, there are certain doors I just can't go myself, you know. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I just knew that, you know, I know myself well enough at the point that I know that I don't want it to go like that. It yeah. sounds though, actually, you've handled quite a lot in an extremely short space of time. I mean, I just came here thinking I would like to ask you about Gershiev. <laughs> I wasn't really expecting you to, uh, to have packed in quite so much over the past five years. But seeing as I've mentioned his name, what yeah. is he like? Tell me about him. What is his conducting style like? You mean Gershiev? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've tried to interview him. They've always said no. I don't understand. Really? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm so charming. But, um, <laughs> but uh, what, is he, what is he like? <laughs> you seem to be staring into the middle distance. Yeah, I don't understand one. Because is. I'm trying to find words to to describe him. You see, right. this is quite hard to describe him in in one word. But I will say, definitely unexpected. Um, you basically, he's like he's like a storm. I, this is what I feel. He's like a storm, and everything goes around him. Right. And somehow it all works. Like, I just remember, you know, the few Is it a storm that you feel... Sorry, I've interrupted uh-huh. you. You, you. Carry on, carry on. Um, and it's a fantastic storm. I mean, it, it drives you crazy. You just, you know, you plan everything and then he comes in. Nothing is planned for him. You know, he will change his mind and he will... Because he has his own timing, you know, to do things. And... 
so if, of course it drives people around him crazy or, or people who plan things you know because especially you know in many places there is a plan you know there's a schedule mm. but for him it doesn't work like that um, is that ego do you think and I say that in a neutral way. I don't mean, you know, I'm not using the word ego in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Is it that sort of, that desire for things to be, it must be sort of impest, uh, uh, yeah, impestuous? Mm. I think it's a combination of that. And also he just, he also cares about a lot of things. But that's why he, he packs in, like if, if there's always so many people want to talk to him. There's so many people always asking him for things. And definitely there are, you know, people he need he wants he w- he wants to you know give his time to, and he will want to honor that, and that doesn't work in a schedule. Mm. Um, what did you learn from him? I think from him the f- the, the the craziest thing, um, and the most sort of inexplainable quality of his conducting is that you never know what will happen. And and that is really cool because I think sometimes <laughs> cool. we got into. You it I cool. think it's quite cool. Okay, quite I mean, cool. Dangerous. <laughs> okay, right. Um, I mean, of course, it doesn't work all the time. You know, sometimes some some concerts are disaster, uh, disastrous. Um, sometimes well, because there's not a plan. Yes, and right. of course, you know, if he misses rehearsals or if he doesn't do the rehearsal, and then you just basically, you know, work with him the first time in the concert. And, I mean. Yes, everyone, you, usually you see with, with him conducting, everyone is like sitting on the edge of their seats. <laughs> They're like sweating bullets. As are, yes. as are the audience. Yes. Um, and of course, I, I mean, but, but he does bring this sort of quality of it. everything is in that moment. It can happen this way, it can happen that way, which sometimes I think we miss that. We miss that quality in many of our concerts these days. Yes. Because you, we all know. I mean, some, of course, it, it's nice to go in and know exactly what is going to happen. But then I think it's also that same reason many people choose to not go to concerts. They can just go online and, you know. Yes, yes, Or indeed. go to Spotify and just, we yeah. know. And you hear something that sort of, whilst there are many, many yeah. great studio recordings, yeah. you hear a studio recording and it's not quite the same as hearing yeah. something live. And that moment when you hear the applause at the end of a recording, thing, oh, my God, that was all, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah no, I... I, I I get what you mean. Can you tell me one other thing? Why does he conduct with a toothpick? Because <laughs> he does. I mean, I'm asking you this because I, I can't ask him. Yeah, <laughs> the thing is, I'm not sure if it's actually a toothpick. No, okay, fine. I mean, I was being I think it's just like, yeah, just a very small baton, yeah, but, I would say. But it's a tiny... Tiny. tiny why? What's the thinking behind that? I'm not being me. I'm yeah, genuinely interested. I, I know. I think in... Again, it's my reading... Uh, and from the few rehearsals I've seen him, the thing is why he 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 will do things differently every time is that he makes sure that people watch him because musicians, you know, once it's like okay, yeah, we we know this part and we'll play it that way. Right. And that's when he does things differently, or he's you know he's like I don't need to beat like f- so clear every beat. You don't need that. Yes. And so with that little baton, you. You it's really, just making you're dying. you lean in. You're hungry to know, okay, right, okay. what is going to happen. Right. So you have to pay attention. And presumably it also restricts... Uh, now we're moving into conducting technique. I studied conducting at university. Uh-huh. Uh, I was obviously never going to do it professionally. That's why oh. I'm holding the microphone. Um, but presumably with a shorter baton, uh-huh. uh, your expressive range is restricted 
restricted. It means that you're having to use your body a lot more. You're having to use your your yeah. face because I'm I'm making a yes and no because with Gagev or even with with um who else has stuff? Well, I'll I'll just I'll just talk about Gagev because in the way that when you think it's because then he sometimes you know he moves in a very in a way that you know it's quite difficult to understand for many people. Meanwhile, his sense of rhythm is so strong. I don't know how. I can't explain it. Because his body feels everything. And, and his eyes, oh my goodness. When he conducts, he, he, he can send you, he can exactly, you, you, it's like it's so inevitable how he wants certain things. And then you, it would just happen that way. And that, that doesn't just come across from that little baton mm. or the toothpick. <laughs> and, Air quotes, yeah, toothpick. So, um, and I think that's what a lot of the musicians in the LSO who, who admire him a lot, they said he's really a genius in that way because he, he plays with that psychology um, and that he also just knows how to pick on certain things to make suddenly the sound different or the colour. You're excited by, his, by him. When he, decide, when he decides to actually show that and work. That's when everyone, I think, was like, whoa, you know. Because usually it's not the case. You know, sometimes he, he just won't show up at rehearsal and then you, you don't know that genius. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so he doesn't seem to have arrived. What, what, yeah, so exactly. Is that oh, when you... <laughs> yeah, it's like throwing a dice Oh, did we him. forget to tell him there was a rehearsal? Uh, okay. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to tell me that I haven't asked you? Wow. I mean, there's so many things to talk about because, I mean... Shall I check the time? Sure. We've got four minutes. Four minutes. <laughs> so you've got four minutes. I mean, anything more about Harrison Parrot? It's I about mean, what you want to talk about. That's the point of the question. I think it's... it's <clears throat> I think going back to the point of knowing yourself really well, I think it's really important for young artists these days because I think that really... That really actually, in a way, is a, is a is sort of, you feel this liberation to actually then, know, then do what you really do best. Um, it's a very difficult and very tricky business in the way that, you know, it, it can be very un unforgiving for young artists, including myself. I can feel the pressure, and especially, I think, I, I actually felt a lot, I reacted, I resonated a lot with this interview that Mirga did in, um, in the newspaper some time ago now, when she sort of talked about her childbirth and then, you know, the change in her career and she decided to sort of focus on certain things and, and give up certain things. Um, and, and she definitely also talked about this sort of deep, all these eyes are watching, especially on you know, women these days, because now that we have given so, much, so many opportunities. And it's, there's just no space for, for error. There's no, no, no chance. You can't, you can't just... And then also, at the same time, you're, you're expected to be a perfect person. You have to be kind, you have to be funny, you have to, you have to laugh, you have to be able to you know, be mature and, and bring out the most, I don't know... Um, you, you have to be like... You have, people have the sense that you're 60 years old in a little body. So I'm, like, what? I think people forget that we're actually also just a normal human being. I'm sorry, I didn't realise that you were just a normal human being. <laughs> no, but I don't understand <laughs> what you mean. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it's strange that you are, as a conductor, you are the mouthpiece for the orchestra. 
So if I wanted to do an interview with an orchestral player, for yeah. example, the, the interview would not be anything like this at all because the, certainly a British orchestral player would be really quite reserved, would probably be a little bit cynical, and we'd be like, no, you don't want to talk to me. I'm just rank and file, blah-de-blah. <laughs> so, so there is, I, I get what you mean, yeah. that the conductor or indeed the soloist is, is always the go-to mouthpiece for the brand. Yeah, and and it's and I think it's it's been that way for you know when I think back a few decades ago you know when I mean the Carian era and then you mm. have these very like larger than life figures, they became the brand, you know they they be, they became the maestro and even the definition of maestro maestra nowadays you know what what does that even yeah, mean? Yeah, I'm not sure that I'm comfortable with that term as a listener. Yeah. Or as an audience member, because I just think that it's, it's bestowing a grandeur on the role, which probably doesn't really help our understanding of the art form. Or I don't know where I've plucked this from, but I do believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it probably isn't helping the orchestra or indeed the person who's leading it. Yeah. Because it, it's, I think what you're saying is that it's, it creates a sense of expectation that you are this sort of larger than life. Mm-hmm. Uh, all-consuming uh, personality, and yeah. you may not feel like that all the time. No, but at the same time, I think that leadership is needed in the orchestra. Many orchestras, I mean, in the end, I'm in the front, and I think many orchestras still requires, and they're looking for that authority. Like, in the end, I have to be the one who makes the decision how to you know, unify everyone's vision, or how do we play this, how do we execute this? And... I think people's expectation of leadership can also be quite varied within an orchestra. But I think just especially in today's world, a woman leads differently from men. And every woman leads differently from one another. Um, and even, I mean, even in, in, the, in, in the male conductors also, I think everyone leads differently. Some people don't talk at, at all. They just... Use this just show, and some people have to talk and scream and <laughs> scream. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, okay. And yeah, and do whatever do you, they need to to get something to happen. Do you scream in rehearsals? No. Right. Okay. Great. I mean, no. I just think it's. I just project my voice. I usually, actually, <laughs> right. actually, I, I, often... I write notes. I send people letters. <laughs> yes, I have a quiet word a over coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very good. Yes. Nice. Yes. Uh, what are you most looking forward to tonight? That's a horrid question, isn't I it? I know. Because say once the, you say, put... say the commission. <laughs> God's sake, say the commission. Oh, you, want, you don't want to jinx it. Because once I name it... Okay. Yeah. Then well, it's... then, will we know? Will we know? When yeah. we see you on the, on the podium? Yeah. We'll know what your favourite bit is? I think so. Okay. I think so. I'll keep it. I mean, I'm going to be up in the gallery. So I'll get some binoculars. Yes. Uh, thank you very much indeed. This has been a joy. There's one thing I have. You've been listening to the Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast, available on Spotify and Audio Boom. To get in touch, please tweet at Thoroughly Good. You can also follow Thoroughly Good on Facebook and read the blog at thoroughlygood.me.